Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Regime, your system to success and the most succinct Fantasy Premier League podcast on the market. I'm joined again by your fantasy extraordinaire, Damon Markle. How are you going, Damon? Yeah, really, really good to be back here again, Chris. Obviously, after we uh, copped a little bit of a whack after our last podcast, just a little bit of banter between uh, other other pages out there. But um, look, obviously, international break uh, done and dusted now uh, for most managers out there. We don't really follow it too closely, so just really keen to get back into the domestic fixtures that we know and love. Well, look, there's one page that I'd want to be whacked by it's them. Uh, I've even forgotten their name. They're that shit. Uh, probably the only fantasy Premier League podcast out there with less followers than us. Now, now let, let's just take this a step back. Let's, let's uh, have a look at this from a neutral party now. Obviously, we are Australian in origin, Chris. Now, I think what happened was they went to uh, listen to our podcast and did not realize that uh, we were going to be Aussie and kind of gave us a little bit of a whack for whatever reason. Look, um, we may be from a different country, but I still think our knowledge stacks up pretty well. So look, it was just a little bit of banter. Um, obviously, we do love a little bit of banter, Chris. So look, we'll take it in our stride and move on. They also did the payout in our banter a little bit, Damon. Yeah, look, I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to do my best here. Look, I can't, I can't do so much. So look, it is what it is, I think. So we will trace all the way back to our game week three. Uh, How did you go in game week three, Damon? Can you remember that far back? It was a while ago, actually, but if I can just get it up real quick. I think I had a reasonable week. I think a lot of a lot of people did Captain Aguero like myself, so didn't have much returns there. Or, and if you didn't Captain Aguero, most people Captain Ibrahimovic. So I ended up scoring 47, which I think was relatively average. I wouldn't say it's – I reckon it's, it's just about smack bang in the middle. I think the average points was around 43, 44. So around there, my rank moved up just a tiny bit to 80,000 overall. So – yeah, not too much to talk about. Obviously, like many others, I had Hazard and Luke Shaw. I actually did have Wes Morgan as well in defence that netted a goal, so he kind of saved my game week. But besides that, not a whole lot to talk about, really, Chris. Just a really bland game week for myself. Yeah, I was slightly above average on the 54 points. That gave me a bit of a jump from around 360,000 to I was at about 800 before the game week started, I think. Yeah. But, uh, before you go, I got a bit of a serviceable results from my defense. Four clean sheets back there, which always helps, including the double United defense, which paid off for me. And Lamella gave me seven as well. So that's where my points came from. Now, we were watching that uh, Liverpool Spurs encounter together. And you did trade out Roberto Firmino before last game week. And he did draw a penalty um, in that game. And I remember looking across, so there was a few of us watching the game, actually. I remember looking across at you straight away after uh, Firmino drew the penalty and your hands were right over your face. You couldn't even watch it. You were, you were pretty devastated, weren't you? Uh, well, it's just about summed up the start to my year, really, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Firmino draws a pen, traded him out for Barkley, and Barkley gets me the two. So. Real Andre Gray type operation as well there. After you traded him out, he went bang. Uh, correct. <laughs> Actually, but, uh, speaking of Andre Gray, we'll touch on him a bit later on the show as well. Yeah, obviously a little bit of... Big talking little, point. Yeah, a little bit of news there. But um, just, yeah, so we, we were watching that game together and, look, Lamella did get, a, I wouldn't say a lucky assist. I'll, I'll give him credit and say it was a bit of a skill for assist, which uh, did pick you up a little bit as well as the uh, two bonus points. So, yeah, that, that, that kickstart of the week for you, Womb. And, uh, look, nice for you to get back on top of me for what, the first time um, since we've been recording this pod. A sign of things to come. <laughs> hope so. Now, do, do you want to press on here? Yeah, we'll press on to international. Do you want to press on to the international break? Yeah, we'll we'll have a, we'll have a quick look at uh, some of the news from there. And I know that you've uh, done your research here, Wami. I've done a little bit, and the first thing that I want to bring up is that Romelu Lukaku is back in form. Broke his drought, 
put two in the back of the net, and that just should uh, get rid of any concerns fantasy Premier League managers have from bringing him to their side. Yeah, uh, we will touch on uh, the Sergio Aguero replacements a little bit further on, but I think Lukaku is on the forefront of a lot of managers' minds and, look, netting a couple of times over the international break. We, we all know that striking is a is a streaky thing, so we, we always like to see them scoring, and I, I think a lot of people will be transferring him in this week. And as did Diego Costa, scoring yep, twice. another one. We know, uh, we know he's not one of your favourites there, one, but he did net twice. My man, Robert Snodgrass, got a hat-trick. For Scotland, he is actually in a rare vein of form, Robert Snodgrass. Yeah, and look, we, we well, I think we both uh, kind of knocked Hull City pre-season, didn't really know where the goals were going to come from, but look, it's Snodgrass is class, and uh, it's shown there. And two from a team that we will speak a lot about later on, Arsenal scored in Giroud and Ozil. They are two probably really prime targets right now with the fixtures coming up. Yeah, there's not much to say about there. They're both uh, real classy acts. And I'll quickly breeze through a few more. Silver got a brace. Your man, Ginny Wijnaldum, uh, scored for the Netherlands. The Tin Man. The Tin Man. Uh, Walters scored a brace. Not much to write home about there. And Martial, Pogba and Giroud all delivered attacking returns in the 3-1 win over Finland. Yep. So uh, a big week of news. Obviously, there was not a whole lot of injury news to come out of the international break. Most players got through in a good vein of health, I think. So, yeah, for most managers, the international break, did not come at that bad of a time. Um, I think a lot of people actually wildcarded over the break, which we'll touch on in a little bit too. Yeah, and we should actually touch on the England game as well. One that I've just breezed over there. Um, Kane continues to look quite average. Yeah, we're not a big we're not a big Harry Kane podcast at the moment, are we? Uh, he's well, just I don't think any would be. Nah, look, he, he started off slowly last season as well. I think he scored a couple of goals versus Stoke, which they have this week. But um, yeah, real, real, not not a great start from Harry Kane this week, this season. Sorry. Uh, yeah, correct. And while the uh, international break did avoid any of those major injuries, it was not short of news. Should we bring up the big one, Damon? Yeah, we'll get into Kun because obviously um, he's a massive talking point. Um, most teams are live by the Kun, die by the Kun at this stage. So I know we discussed a little bit off air. We have a little bit of different strategies around this. I don't know if you have changed since the last time we spoke, but um, I feel like my team... So for, for those that... Uh, living under a rock, Aguero has been banned for three games. Um, two of two those, of those yeah, yeah, will be Premier League games. The other one will be, is it FA Cup or League Cup? One, I'm not it's, really... elite. it's a cup game, regardless. Yeah, a cup game. So two of them, he'll miss two games, one of which will be the Manchester Derby that features uh, as the fixture of the week in this game week. And I'm not quite sure who do they have after that one, be off the top of your mind. Can't think. Do you want me to get it up? I'm not sure. Look, uh, Bournemouth there. I think it's pretty sure it's Bournemouth. But um, yeah, so there's a lot of strategies going on here. Obviously, from my, we'll get into both of our strategies here. Well, I'm not sure if you've changed, but personally, um, priced at $13 million, I feel that Sergio Aguero is too much to hold for the two game weeks. I think that that is too much money to put on your bench and you, the money should be spent elsewhere, be it with a transfer. Or if your team is in really bad shape, I wouldn't even rule out wild carding right now. Yes, it is early, but um, I, I just don't think you can leave Aguero on the bench. Now, in, in regard to you, Juan, what, what are you thinking about before we look at potential replacements? Well, I'm not going to lie. What you did just say then makes complete sense. And I do understand your logic. But by my logic, I was thinking too early to wildcard, first of all. And uh, second of all, trading out Aguero with regular transfers requires making a lot of trades to bring you back in. So I was thinking of trying to weather the storm. But just looking at my team now, I think it might be a bit difficult. We've got Shaw and Friend with Yellows. 
We've got Lamella. There's a lot of word about him being rested after being played for Argentina and them giving Sissoko his first start. Then we've got Long and Tadic as well. My Southampton assets have just given me nothing. So I think I may have to reverse on my original thoughts and play my wild card and do a bit of damage control. Yeah, now... So, so you're oh, okay. So you're, you're going into the transfer. You're going to get you're getting a wild card now. Wild card. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Now, look, I, I don't, I don't mind that move personally. I don't think my team. Look, I've got some, my team does have a little bit of issues like you. I do have Tadic. Obviously, Luke Shaw's in a bit of an injury cloud, as is George Friend. But I, I think the word is that both of those guys might just get up in time. And if worse comes to worse, I'm, I'm happy enough to field my defenders. But. Like I said, Aguero for me, too much to hold on the field. You've got to transfer him out. Now, we are going to look at a couple of guys that we are being heavily traded in. We'll start off. Do you want to start off with your man, Ron Lukaku, you want me? Because I think he's at the forefront of most people's mind. I think he looks like, given Everton's fixtures coming up, uh, a lot of people are looking at getting him in. Yeah, my internet's just shit itself temporarily, but I do know off the top of my head that Everton do have some absolute peachy fixtures yeah, and, coming and, up. And my internet has not shit itself, so I can run us through those real quickly. We've got Sunderland, Middlesbrough, Bournemouth, um, Crystal Palace before having City away, which is the one hard feature in the next five weeks, and then following that up with Burnley. So look, five really peachy fixtures in the next six weeks for Everton. And look, I am a Barkley owner like you, Wombi, so... The Everton double up might not might be seen as a little bit risky, but if you didn't have Barkley, I think Lukaku has to be a man. Obviously, has I've had got a, Barkley and Lukaku on my team already, which is why I was so thinking we're in that storm. Oh, you already have one, uh, Lukaku. I don't have Lukaku now, so I, f- f- right now for me, he is the number one guy. I probably will get him in. The only other option I'm considering is Diego Costa, although. Look, there's, there's a, it seems a little bit ironic, doesn't it? When we trading someone out that has a ban for um, mis- misconduct. And then, and then trading in Diego Costa, who is the king of, of misconduct, really. He, it seems like every game he could be sent off. So it's a real fine line there, and it's a bit of a juggling axe, which is the reason why Diego Costa kind of does not tempt me as much as Lukaku. But Chelsea have looked good, and he has been in real red-hot form. Yeah, I think Lukaku is the way to go there. And obviously, for me, if you don't have Ibrahimovic, he'd be the first man I'd bring in, which is why I'm, again, leaning towards that wild card, because I don't have Ibra already, which is a bit of an oversight. So... Yeah, well, I actually didn't touch on that because I kind of just assumed that everybody has Ibrahimovic. But yeah, if you if you don't have Zlatan at this point of the season, um, I feel like with Sergio Aguero out, out for the next couple of game weeks, it's a perfect time to get him in. Look, it, it's you're downgrading. It's not going to be hard to, to get Zlatan in and then you can deal with Aguero later. Look, my plan kind of at the moment, it seems like we'll be able to tra- trade, transfer Aguero out and then most likely wildcard before the next game week and look to get Aguero in when he returns. I Sorry, the next international break, that is. But um, anything could happen, you know. Aguero might not score um, for a couple of weeks after he comes back, albeit pretty unlikely. So it's got to play by week, I think, for me. That's my opinion on, on these type of things. Just make the transfer, get Aguero out, get someone else in that can give you attacking returns and then just deal with it week by week. And uh, speaking of options, we're going to run through a few more. We did run a poll on the Fantasy Regime's Twitter page. That's the Fant Regime, if you're not following it, F-A-N-T, Regime and on that poll, we threw four options out there, which they're newly located. We asked which of those would be the best asset this season: Boney, Perez, Benteke, and Remy. There were fifty-one votes on that poll, Damon. Who do you think got up? Uh, I would have to go with Christian Benteke personally. Just uh, that would be my pick. Who did get up well, that one? Yeah, Benteke, forty-three percent of votes there, and Boney second with thirty-three. 
Interesting. We, have, we actually haven't touched on Burnie. We'll get into them a little bit later. But I just want to touch on a couple more guys that are in that high price bracket as potential Aguero replacements. Now, I, I was looking at Harry Kane um, right when the Aguero news did break as the like-for-like replacement. Obviously, I don't have any Spurs assets right now. And, and they do have good fixtures coming up. Stoke, Tunnel and Middlesbrough in the next three. Just the whole Dembele factor kind of scares me a little bit. I don't think Harry Kane scored without Dembele on the side a whole lot. So... Obviously not in great form either. Kind of scares me. What do you think about Harry Kane? Well, I know that you're probably going to get Zlatan, but hypothetically, if if you did have Zlatan already, who would be? I'll give you. I'll throw out Vardy, Kane, and Diego Costa because I know you already have Lukaku. Would Would you consider any of those three guys? I'll be impartial for a second and say that I would probably bring in Costa as much as I hate him. He's probably the best option of the three right now. And of those three. It, so you you got Diego Costa as the pick of those three, comparing him to Lukaku. I know you're going to give us a biased opinion, but if you can just take your Everton scarf off for two minutes, would you consider Diego Costa over Lukaku? Or? I'll take my Everton scarf off for a moment here and be brutally honest with you, Damon, and say that I'd still get Romelu Lukaku. Yeah, I'm with you here. Obviously, they are a little bit similar in price. I think Lukaku is a little bit cheaper too, which would free up funds a little bit elsewhere. Now... On top of the uh, Sergio Aguero news midweek, when we, there was a another bit of news that broke. It was a while ago that it broke, but obviously the Andre Gray um, scandal, um, some homophobic slurs and tweets on Twitter, albeit four years ago, has uh, come to the FA's uh, attention, and they have well, they haven't banned him yet, but it seems like a ban is imminent. Um, it seems like it's been dragging on and on and on now. So I think the word is that he has asked for a personal trial or something like that which we, we have no date on when um, his ban potentially will come out. So he's actually right to play this game week against Hull City at home, which is quite a nice fixture for the Andre Gray owners out there. But I feel like the ban will be coming any any moment now. Look, if, if it does come before this game week, obviously most people will look to transfer him out. Um, however, if it happens after this game week, obviously you get a nice little Hull City fixture before a potential transfer. But... For the sake of this podcast, because we don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of days, we are going to look at a couple of guys around his price range, including a breadth of new summer signings um, in, in the front third of the pitch. So, A few of those who I just mentioned a moment ago. Yeah, so obviously we do have um, Christian Benteke, who has been around the Premier League for quite a while now, it seems. Um, what do you think about him as a, as a FPL asset, Wombi? Well, if you are going to take a punt on Benteke, I would say, even though he hasn't quite settled in, with their fixtures, now is the time to do so. Yeah, and, and obviously, look, I do agree with you that he's probably the pick of these guys. And I, I think another couple of points to consider um, is, first of all, he is on penalties, I think. I think the general consensus is that he will take over penalties, even though... Yeah, it's been spoken about a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we, we saw... Which game was it that we saw? I think it was the Stoke versus uh, Manchester City game where penalties this season seem to be uh, at the forefront of the... Uh, referees' minds, especially from corners. So I think we could see an increase in the penalty rate. So your likes of Benteke on pens, even like Dushan Tadic, I know that you have him as well, Wombi. I'm considering keeping Dushan for the next couple of weeks just because I feel like a penalty is imminent for Southampton with the likes of Virgil van Dijk and Jose Fonte in the box on corners. I feel like at some point they're due for one. So that's definitely something to consider with Benteke and all forwards um, in general because a lot of forwards do take pens. Um, yeah. And so, just in addition to that, uh, we did have uh, 
Yeah, and Kabai missed that penalty in their last game, which adds a bit of flavour to that rumour. Yeah, correct. Uh, I think that's why a lot of people are talking about now. Another guy that has made a reputation for himself from penalties is Zaza, obviously a new signing. Um, real famous for his uh, stutter step penalty, which we saw in the Euros, um, which he did miss. Now, he's come across from Juventus to West Ham. Obviously, West Ham had a great season last year. Andy Carroll going down. Um, Slavin Bilic just looked to bring in a little bit of reinforcements up top. Um, how much do you know about him and what do you think of him in general, Wombi? I actually don't know a lot about him. I know Everton were linked to him early in the window. But what I do know is that that West Ham front line is riddled by injuries right now. We've got Sacco and Carroll both out. So yep. the door's open for Zaza. Yeah, and I think you're right there. Look, for those of you that don't know a whole lot about him, he's been around the block for a while. So obviously striking is a little bit of an art form, getting yourself in the right position. He's pretty good in the air as well. So... We could see a lot of a lot of balls from Payet and the likes of Antonio, who's been in real hot form, I think. Um, Lanzini's back from injury as well now, so that adds another attacking option in behind, in behind him. So, look, I, I think the the person that starts at the top of that West Ham line will be exposed to a lot of um, potential shots on goals, a lot of points. So just a matter of timing a run with Zaza, I think. Obviously, West Ham also have a real good run coming up as well. So that's another thing to consider but I would like to see a little bit more from him, potentially before getting him in. I know a lot of people on wildcard are weighing up whether or not they should get him. But um, look, definitely an interesting signing for West Ham and one that I think definitely at some point this season, Zaza will pop up as a fantasy-relevant asset. And just speaking of those West Ham, a uh, bit of West Ham movement, I reckon Mikhail Antonio, he has been confirmed by the chairman during the week. He will move out of that right-back position. He was just getting no productivity there. I think that makes him a massive fantasy option in the midfield. I'm really considering Mikel Antonio. Yeah, we speak. We spoke about him last podcast a little bit, whether or not um, he would move forward. And I and I did say I thought he would move forward after getting a little bit carved up by Hazard, getting in on the back post, and he scored again last game week. So he looks like one that could be a real great pick in midfield. Obviously, a little bit cheaper than Dimitri Payet, who's probably the pick of that West Ham midfield, but is quite expensive at nine point five ish. So yeah, Antonio is definitely one to watch. And if I was on a wild card. I would definitely be looking to get a West Ham asset in, whether it be in the form of um, Antonio or Zaza, a little bit more risky. But they have a great run and they do have a lot of goals in them. Now, do, do you want to quickly touch on another guy that has recently moved from a big club, Manchester City, to a smaller club in Stoke, in Wilfred Bonny. Um, I know you know a lot more about him than you do Zaza Wombi, so I'll let you, let you kick it off here. Well, I know one thing, and that's that Bonny scores inside the box. Yeah. Proven Premier League scorer, which is another good thing. That physical style of play that Stoke play with yeah. his inside-the-box scoring should pair quite well. I think it's an astute signing. Is it a loan or a signing by Stoke? Um, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure it's a loan. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's a loan. Well, either way, it's an astute piece of business by Stoke. And I think that if you can get him in the right time, wait till his fixtures are ripe and strike on him. I think he's set to deliver some nice fantasy Premier League returns. Yeah, and obviously he's he's been around the block for a while. He has good Premier League history. Obviously, he scored a lot of goals with Swansea before moving to Manchester City uh, two seasons ago, I think it was. Obviously, one season maybe. Obviously, he didn't have a lot of uh, game time there. Stuck behind CJ Aguero. You can't really blame him. And, and the rise of Ian Artro as well. So, I think the move is good for him. Stoke play a pretty direct style where... Um, you know, we've seen the likes of Peter Crouch, Mamadou, Muhammad Juf, or whatever. I can't, I can't pronounce his first name. Actually, that's one of the names. Okay, Mame Briam Juf. There we go. But um, obviously we've seen those guys score goals from from headed balls before. 
I don't think he will be on penalties though, which is kind of it has taken him in the past. But I think Arnie and Boyan will probably keep them. So, but another thing to consider, maybe give the edge to uh, Benteke there. But um, look, another great signing for Stoku. I think did need help in that front third. Uh, I didn't really like their their Boyan just at the top. Even when Arnautovic played at the top a little bit, I think they're better suited to a number ten or, or wide role. So Bonnie could be that focal point that uh, you know propels them going forward. Yeah. Correct, Damon. Now, let's just zip around to a few of the other transfers, which might be fantasy relevant. Loic Remy, uh, Wilshire got a move. David yeah. Louise, bringing the old boy back to town. What did you think of that one? Yeah, it's, it seems like it's the season of people coming and going, really. Pogba to Manchester United. Um, that's probably actually the only one, other one I could think of. Really. Slomani to Leicester City. That was it, an interesting move. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, look, David Louise, I think what Chelsea sold him for fifty million and then they got him back for thirty million, so a pretty astute piece of business there, really. They made twenty million dollars and got the same player back. But um obviously defensive signings aren't as really as sexy as forward signings, so we're probably not gonna talk about them as much. But look, I think that Chelsea defence would be rock solid in the coming game week. So look, um whether or not you invest in Louise or one of the other guys is up to you, but I think he should definitely play. Uh speaking of people who should play, I'm gonna zip around to a bit of play news. There's not an absolute heap, Damon. You did speak about Shaw before. He's likely to get up. That's that's the word around town. Gundogan and Sané are fully fit, so they could get their first start for Manchester City or more likely to probably get a cameo role there, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'd think they'd both come off the bench, really. I think that Manchester City's team has been pretty settled, so there's no point in changing it before the Toby. Arsenal are starting to get all their players back to full fitness, and Olivier Giroud, rumoured, probably will make his first full start of the year. Uh, Sadio Mane, bit of talk around him. He's available this weekend, and Robert Stolgrass, obviously, there was a bit of an injury concern after game week three with him, but we saw he had it in the internationals, so he will be fully fit to make a return for help. Yeah, now you did touch briefly on Olivier Giroud there. Now, a lot of people like to whack this guy a whole lot. Um, I'm actually a big Olivier Giroud man, and in years gone past, I've jumped on him at the right time a, a, whole, a whole bunch of times, so... Whilst he's not the sexiest pick and there's a lot of players around his price range that do seem to be better, obviously a lot of people do like to invest in Arsenal assets in the midfield, which we'll touch on in a little bit. But um, definitely do consider Olivier Giroud if you want a little bit of a point of difference or someone that's going to be extremely under-owned because we, we do know that when he's out there, he can pass the ball and he can score. So I don't mind Giroud as a pick. Yeah, I think that if you are wild-carding or you are making one of those moves, not getting in an Arsenal asset is just madness looking ahead. Uh, I'm probably looking at Cathola or Ozil at this stage, but yeah, Sharu, what you said is completely right. He's pretty clinical uh, around goal, and if you get on, get on him at the right time, you can get some nice returns there. Yeah, and I think we've seen him um, take over pens when Santi's not on the pitch, obviously, because all is back on the side now. But um, look, if he, if Cazorla does get subbed off or rotated outside, Drew does have those in his back pocket. But yeah, I think the the big part that we're going to touch on a little bit more now is one is obviously with a lot of teams um, trading Aguero out or you know, wild carding him out, it is going to give us a little bit more money to spend. Obviously, priced at thirteen, um, even if you downgrade him to the likes of Harry Kane, there's there's two million more. You know what I mean? So we're going to have going to have the option to upgrade our midfielders if you're upgrading a Tadic to someone. And I think at the forefront of everybody's mind is these Arsenal midfielders. Um, Sanchez, Ozil both ran right last week. Obviously, Cazor is a little bit um, cheaper, but sits a little bit deeper. Probably isn't as explosive as the other two. And I think most teams will be get, grabbing one of these guys this week, if not next week, before their whole city fixture, which looks to be very prime. Yeah, correct. Now, Cazor uh 
pitch position doesn't make him as sexy as those Sanchez and Ozil types. But at the same time, you've got to give a bit of credit to the penalty factor at that 7.5 range. A team which should, in all likeliness, draw a lot of penalties. So, yeah. Jeez, it's, and, it's just really tempting at that price point. And look, I'm probably not going to get Cazola. I'm probably going to go for one of the other two. But I do want to give him a little bit of a shout out. He, he pretty much won me a mini league two or three years ago, wasn't he? I, I can remember it vividly. He scored 17-1 game and I actually captained him um, in, in a move which I could not believe paid off. So he does hold a little bit of a spot in my heart. But I, I think personally for me, I'm going to go with Mesut Ozil. I just think that he is the most consistent of these guys. Um, Sanchez probably is the most explosive, most likely to score you 15, 20 points plus. Obviously, we saw him score a hat-trick last year. I think he scores a hat-trick once a year, just about. But um, Ozil, for me, he just has the points ticking over every game. You know you're constantly going to be getting something from him. He's a captaincy choice every week. He can get you those you know, consistent eight or nines. You know, even, even when he just picks up an assist, he seems to always get bonus points just because of his chances created and you know pass percentage. So for me, Ozil is a pick of these guys. He's a little bit less expensive than Sanchez as well. So that 1.5 million in the bank could you know free up a little bit of a defensive upgrade or something like that. But um, I would have no gripes with people even going two of these guys to be honest. If you're wild carding and you want to grab Sanchez and Cazola or Ozil and Cazola, or even if you have enough money to go Sanchez Ozil, I think there's nothing better to spend your extra cool money on than one of these Arsenal midfielders. And they do have that juicy fixture against Southampton at the Emirates this week. Obviously, Southampton looking a little bit shaky with that replacement manager in at this stage. Yeah, they're not looking as solid as what they were. But if we, if we look back to last year, Southampton actually did run right on Arsenal in one of the games. I can't remember if it was at the Emirates or, or at uh, Southampton's ground, but they actually did beat them comprehensively. I think it was 4-1 or 4-0 in one of the games. So it might not be as obvious as what it seems, but yeah, they do look like they're going to score a lot of points in the next couple of weeks with their fixtures. And just looking at the fixtures here, is there any other ones that just jump out at you looking at game week four? Um, well, obviously the Manchester Derby is the, the one that everybody's going to be tuning into. I think it's the first game of the week as well. It's the early one. Um, so everybody will be watching that. Obviously, if you have a Chelsea asset, it's a real peachy matchup against Swansea. But I think another interesting clash for a lot of assets will be uh, Liverpool versus Leicester. I know a lot of people still have Mares. I'm still carrying Morgan. And then the people that that did hold on to, um, you know, Roberto Firmino, or you know, you said that Mane is back before. That, that could be interesting. There's also some um, matchups at the bottom of the table that could be of interest to a lot of people. Obviously, um, Middlesbrough. Some people have Gaston Ramirez, or if they juggle on Duani, they play Crystal Palace. So the Bentekis of the world, Townsend. That could be interesting. But yeah, that's pretty much the the games at the forefront of my mind. But um, besides the Burnley Hull game, I'll be interested to see if Andre Gray gets up for that one. And obviously, you've forgotten the big, the biggest of them all, the closing match. I probably won't watch Sunderland Everton, Mombi. That's what you're asking. I, <laughs> At I have the no Stadium interest. of Life. I have no interest in, unless I do get. I probably will get Lukaku in, but I think everybody else will too. So I probably won't even tune into that. I hate oh. watching Sunderland. Even at the Stadium of Light, just. Just nah. can't, can't ignite a flame inside you. Too many bad memories there as a Newcastle supporter. Too many derby losses there. Uh, should we move on to Unique of the Week? Um, I just want to really, but before we do get there, obviously to, this podcast had a lot of lot of stuff to get through today. I just want to quickly touch on Raheem Sterling, if that's all right with you, Wombi, because Jump into it. he has been lights out as of late, and he looks to nearly have uh, reinvented the wheel under um, Guardiola. Obviously, got in the end of a lot of good things there at Manchester City, and we, we wondered kind of pre-season if it would be, you know, if, if Guardiola would get the most out of... Um, 
Kevin De Bruyne, but it actually seems like it's been Sterling that has picked up you know, the the Guardiola touch, really. Um, and did you start the season with David Silva, or you said you want to start the season with David Silva? Didn't start with him. Yeah, but you know, he's one of your favourites, and he has he's been sitting in a deeper role too. So Sterling's really profited from that. And I think, like we touched on before, look, there's a lot of cool money to go around, and most people will be without a Manchester City asset for the next few weeks. I think if you do want to get, jump on someone that looks likely to impre- increase in value or, and one of the Manchester City assets, Raheem Sterling, definitely the way to go. Is that all you have on Sterling? Yep. I just want I just want to touch on him real quickly because there's been a, lot, a whole heap of discussion about him this week. So, yeah, that's my whole Sterling topic. Yeah, fair call. Uh Oli, you kick off Unique of the Week this week. Actually, why don't you tell us what the running leaderboard is before we start? Yeah, so we'll get into the leaderboard. For those of you that are first-time listeners or you know, haven't been listening to the Unique of the Week, general rule is there's no limit on price. The only rule is they can be only picked by 5% or lower teams in the whole game. So last week, our picks were mine was Rondon, Wombi, yours was... Anadovic. Anadovic, both of which blanked. So that's two blanks in a row for the both of us. So after the only real big score so far has been your round one score with Shakiri, which is which netted you nine points. So this current leaderboard is Wombi, you are on fourteen points to my eight. So give me a bit of a butt kicking right now. So I need something to uh, catch me up here. And who's going to get it for you? And well, well, funnily enough, we have already touched him on the show, touched on him on the show, and I said I wasn't going to get him in this week. I was going to opt for his teammate in Mesut Ozil, but. Santi Cazola does qualify oh, for my unique oh, of the week, and he will be my new unique of the week this week. Owned by four percent of teams um, in a rich famous form, I think. So he will be carrying the unique of the week team for Team De Pum this week. It's just a real Damon Marco move there. Just go for someone who's under five percent, but is priced nice and high to get him back in the game. Well, I'll be interested to see. Look, we have, we don't have a limit on price, and look, I want you went with. And an Antifid last week, and they're similarly priced. I think Arno is about seven point five as well. So I'm not doing anything too out of the ordinary here. Okay, my man, I've gone a bit of a bit of a home crowd evident bias. Um, don't pretend like you wouldn't pull a Newcastle player out of the hat at some point if they were still in the league. I probably would have picked one every week last week. Like I picked Mitrovic in my team last year, and he sat on the bench for the last half of the season. My man, owned by exactly five percent. So just scraping through. Bit like your seven point five, um, Balassi. I bet you, Yannick Balassi. <laughs> oh, they're so predictable as well. Come uh, on, elaborate. Got uh, it. Elaborate on that. Everton player at Sunderland. Look, you've already got Lukaku. You've got Barkley in your team. Find any Everton asset that you can possibly get for five percent or less, and he's exactly smack bang on five percent. So look, if you're going right to the borderline and pick the very best player. With the very best matchup of the week, it really, that's a real, you know, really a real backdoor move there. Oh, my plan B was Morales. So, <laughs> I, I, to be honest, to be fair, I nearly would have gone. What's Leighton Baines owned by? Because we haven't touched on any defenders in Unique. He's owned by a little bit more. I wanna, I wanna next week, Wombi, we're both gonna pick a defender for our Unique of the week. Is that right? No, yeah. We're, maybe, we're, maybe I'll just say I'm going to pick a defender. No, we're, next week we're both going to defender for our unique of the week to change up because I'm wondering when someone's going to pick a defender, but it's not coming out. Next week they're both going to defender, change it up. Heard it first. Daniel Mark on dictating who I've picked already, and it's only week five. Any way to make up ground. And you'll probably pick any, any the team that's, that's home to Swansea or something like that next week. But look, that's enough for unique of the week. So our picks this week are mine is Santi Cazola and yours is Yannick Balassi. It will be interesting to see how that goes. Maybe I will have to tune into that Sunderland-Everton game now that I've got a lot of vested interest in it. But um, before we close this off, Wombi, I think we will touch on just briefly um, 
Look, what transfers are you looking at this week? Well, it's going to be a, pretty dependent on whether or not I play that wild card. Yeah, if I course. don't, I'm probably looking at moving on those Southampton assets, looking at a Mikhail Antonio for Tadic. Yep. Um, Long could move to really anyone in that 7.5 to 6 range, Defoe, uh, Benteke. There's a, there's a few options around that point as well. Yep, so in other words, you've got no idea what you're doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, for me this week, I'll, like I touched on before, definitely be moving on Aguero. But this stage, looking at Lukaku as number one replacement. But look, if I get real fancy, I might go Diego Costa. And as I do have two free transfers, I'll probably get a little bit fancy with the other one and upgrade either Tadic or Ramirez to Ozil, as I touched on before. Just weighing up which one to go there. Obviously, Ramirez has a better fixture this week, but Tadic has a better fixture next week. So I'll probably the one that I hold on to, I have to play for a couple of weeks. So I'll probably get rid of Ramirez at this stage, even though Tadic does play Arsenal. So, yeah, pretty boring moves, following the crowd a little bit there, but um, the most like-for-like replacements, I think. So, in summary, you have absolutely no idea what you're doing. In summary, it's a, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a coin flip between two moves times two. So, look, it's a 25% chance I know what I'm doing right now. Um, do you want to touch on who you're captaining this week, really, this, at this point one, or are you probably going to get someone in on a wild card that you have no idea and captain them? Romelu Lukaku. Captain? Eden Hazard. Yeah, it for me. I'll probably. I've got no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm. I'm probably leaning towards going Ozil. I think at this point. Southampton yeah, South, South at home, maybe not as explosive as what Eden Hazard is, but I think always amongst the points. So Ozil at the moment is my captain for game week four. On that note, should we round off the show? Yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, look, if we didn't have a podcast last week, obviously international break. So thanks for bearing with us over the two week break. And uh, look, I hope you have a good good game week out there. That's right. You've been listening to the Fantasy Regime, your system to success. Been joined by Damon Markham. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for listening.